Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> What's up, Deadhead crew? Ed here. And on this episode, I sat down with Spencer. Spencer is as a Yankee fan as it comes, guys, okay? We talked about his very vast Yankee collection, okay? Uh, a lot of hats, okay? He also have multiples of each, so that way, you know, uh, he can uh, replace them as they go. We also talked about the sport that he follows as soon as the season is over, has been uh, usually in the past for Yankee fans later in the season, unlike myself, who is a Guardians fan. Uh, we are we end our season a little early. <laughs> but without further ado, guys, I give you the episode. All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Dad Hat Chronicles. And with me today, I have a special guest, uh, someone who I've been trying to get for a while. And we finally were able to, you know, meet through the magic that we call Zoom. Uh, Spencer, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine. fine Thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, big fan of yours. Uh, happy to follow you on Twitter. And uh, really excited to be here tonight. Really to uh, happy to talk some hats. Yeah, you know what? And that's what I'm here for. Uh, you know, we follow each other on Twitter. And I, I got to say, my friend, you have yourself quite a collection of Yankee <laughs> hats. I, I, I mean, you are my first Yankee fan that I have. Well, actually, no, because I had, um, a, um, and I forget his name. He's going to kill me now. Uh, but I've had another Yankee push for you, my friend. You yourself are a super fan of the Yankees, aren't you? <laughs> I would say so, definitely. 22-year 20, uh, season ticket holder, now a 23-year season ticket holder. Fan since I was a kid. So, you know, you're talking going back to uh, uh, 1979. is like really the first season that I can remember. And I've been a fan, yeah, for, uh, for, for a long time, uh, for a long time now. No doubt. No doubt about it. Yeah. So tell me, walk me back to that time then, you know, 1979, you know, what, what was that moment for you that just, you know, that catalyst of you becoming a fan? Sure. Well, I can remember when, um, uh, when I was a kid, um, a couple of neighborhood kids invited me to play stickball in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I remember when they, they first introduced me to it. I didn't like baseball. <laughs> I, recall, I recall hating it. I recall not being happy. And I recall not wanting to do it, but obviously they invited me again and I played more. And I, I wish I could um, recall the singular moment when I became a baseball fan. But I just know that it was sometime after that, that I was loving baseball. They were Yankees fans. So that's how I became a Yankees fan myself. And at that age, uh, I became a big Reggie Jackson fan. No. And I'm still a fan of Reggie Jackson. Uh, Reggie Jackson is, is like, he's like God to me. Um, if I were to meet him, it would be like a Pope meets Jesus moment. 
he's uh, he's uh, he's big. He's like you know big in in my book. That's so, yeah, awesome. You're going back to the uh, you're going back to the 80s. I had just missed you know like when Thurman Munson was killed in the uh, the plane crash. I recall it happening. I do recall it being on the news, but I really didn't conceive him as being a Yankee. I I didn't really feel mournful like older fans did at the time. But I appreciated you know who he was later on. I do know that for my first Yankee game that I went to, I did see Thurman Munson. I saw him in May of 1979. It was uh, Helmet Day. Uh, we were sitting behind home plate. I was uh, in a party for a birthday party for another kid who was a baseball fan. And I remember he got a triple in that game. And, uh, you know, there's baseball almanac, you know, so if you have memories like that when you were a kid, right. you know, you can look up baseball almanac, you can actually find games that you've went to. So that's how I've been able to document that game. I know Ron Guidry uh, pitched in that game. It was the Yankees versus the A's, which I did remember. But, you know, from just pure memory, I remember seeing him run around the bases, his helmet falling off, and he dove into third base. Uh, so that's my memory of uh, Thurman. And it was 1980, so it was um, Reggie Jackson and Bucky Dent and Willie Randolph, Lou Pinella, Rick Cerrone was then the catcher. Pitchers were Ron Guidry, uh, Rich Gostage. Um, Man, you got some... Cool people there on that list, my yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. I, I could go on and on it, so you know you'll 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 definitely want to stop me because oh, uh, go for it. It's one of my rambling uh, rambling moments. But I do remember uh, the 1980 season. 1980, they met the uh, Royals in the playoffs. Uh, when the playoffs were done and the Royals were celebrating, I didn't understand it was a playoff. So I was watching the television and wondering. Why are they so happy that they won? I didn't realize they just got to the world. You didn't put one or you know, two, two together. So a year later, it was 1981. That was the year of the strike. I remember that. I remember them uh, uh, resuming the season with the All-Star game in Cleveland. I remember that was the game where Gary Carter hit two home runs, beat my American League five to four. It was the split season. That was the first year that we had a division series. I remember that division series. It was with the Brewers who ironically lost tonight, but the Yankees beat the Brewers in a five-game series back in 1981. Then they went on to sweep the Oakland A's. And I do remember the 1981 World Series, and it was exciting, you know? I mean, you associated the Yankees with World Series. I was heartbroken when they lost. Yeah. I, I remember the night that they lost. I was in my uh, parents' bedroom watching the game. I remember it was only 4-1. to one. Willie Randolph had hit a home run in that game. Yeah. Then the uh, Dodgers, uh, they went on to, uh, you know, break the game wide open. And before the game ended, my father saw I was really down about it. So he said, you know, they're going to lose Spencer. So let's just go to sleep. So I went to bed very dejecting. Uh, of course, you know, little did I know that it would be not until I was an adult that the Yankees would go back to the World Series and, uh, you know, then get to experience it as, a, um, as an adult. But, uh, yeah, I remember some lean years, you know, as a Yankee fan growing up, 82, 83, 84, 85. I have good memories of 85. And there were some lost years also, Ed. I think uh, – around uh, the 90s and it wasn't because the Yankees were bad but that was sort of my coming of age period yeah Going to college, I was busy with studies I really wasn't following the Yankees but it was also because you're sort of learning that you know players come and go you know when you have like you know players that you love you know you think they're going to be there forever you can't conceive of them ever leaving so yeah. what really mm -hmm. did it for me was um when Willie Randolph was finally traded from the team I think that was 1989 I thought, wow, it's it's not the Yankees anymore. And so that's that's when I had some like uh you know empty years where I really wasn't following too closely. 
and it's crazy how you know even nowadays uh, you know i me myself i i follow the team right because we just cannot get enamored with a player because yeah you know and if you're like like in cleveland for us right we're a small market team we know that you know prime example francisco lindor right we knew as much as we wanted to deny it, that he was not going to be here because we knew yeah. that he was just going to get a large pay that Cleveland was just not going to be able to afford it. So I yeah. think like you was like, you're, you know, it's following the team instead of the players now, you yeah. know. It's hard for me to conceive also, Ed, because I have seen, you know, baseball change in those years. And I've seen a change where the economics are a lot more evident to fans and a lot more impactful on teams. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, um, you know, when I was a youngster, the A's, the Pirates, those were great teams. I, I remember the 79 Pirates. I remember them winning the World Series. Uh, sidebar, my mother, you know, she was born in Pittsburgh. Uh, so there is a bit of a Pittsburgh connection. I got a little bit of love for the Pittsburgh Pirates. But, you know, there was a time when they were – they were a great team. They were the cream so, of the crop. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. To see what's happened to them over the past few decades. Decades. Right. Not that's, just that's them, happened. but the Orioles as well. Orioles, the Oakland A's. I remember when the A's were hot stuff. They were the team of the West. You feared playing the A's when the Yankees would go out to the West Coast because you knew that they were going to play tough and they were going to be difficult. And then, of course, you know, you remember the 1989 season, 1990, 1991. I could never have conceived that they would reach a point where it was hard for them just to be able to stay in Oakland and to sign players and become, you know, the subject sometimes in mockery fashion of being, you know, a Moneyball-like team. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what I've seen. And I sympathize with teams like, you know, uh, the Indians or the Tampa Rays because, I do appreciate like, you know, fans of other teams and I like that they feel the same energy, but for a different team compared to me. So I do feel for, you know, uh, fans of those other teams when they can't sign those big players and the team can't do everything they can to, you know, it's not just an issue of spending money. You know, you really got to watch your nickels and dimes uh, to put those teams together. So I, right. I definitely I feel it. Right. And I, 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 I think I'm in the, in the, in the position where I, I, I want to see baseball have a salary bottom, right? There has to be a minimum amount that a team has to spend on players in order to, you know, because obviously you see, you know, yeah. the last couple of years, you got the Orioles, you got the Pittsburgh Pirates who are just constantly are at the bottom of the list, not spending money. Right. Yeah. And total futility. Right. I listen, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I'm wrong, but I, I would like to see a bottom and then the top, you know, just to see an even playing ground, just so that way there is a more of a, you know, yeah. teams being able to make it into the playoffs and then, you know, are able to sign those players yeah. that they develop throughout the, the minor leagues. Right. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'd like to see there be something. Now for me, I'm a fan that knows enough, to know that I don't know everything there is to know. So I, I try not to get into, you know, what should a team do? Who should they fire? Who should they hire? Mm -hmm. I try not to get into that. I, I always sort of imagine, what if I was, you know, like echoing my opinion right in front of the general manager 
you know, not even just of the Yankees, but any general manager. Because I know if I start giving my opinions, like all of us fans like to do, right. they'll probably turn around and they'll probably school me a good lesson on why you can't just go out and sign this free agent and you can't just trade for this guy. And you have to consider, you know, these options that these players have. And yep. You have to consider all, all these little things that we're not aware of as fans. Absolutely. And, and we all want We all think that we can be general managers, you know, we're arm couch, you know, general manager. And, and a, you know, if we were put to the test, we're like, we probably, you know, 10 out of 10 would fail at yeah. being a manager of a ball of a ball club. I completely agree. I, I just give my opinion and then I say, but hey, good luck. You know, you guys can do it better than yeah. I can. I know that, you know, I'll never <laughs> be able to do that. Yeah, you no, know, listen, opinions are fine. You gotta, I respect opinions. You know, you got to do that. If they're really outlandish, you know, you don't have to be totally respectful of that. Right. I was like, okay, listen, your opinion, you know, I, I, I respect everybody's opinion, but that one's kind of crazy. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you see on Twitter, like in, in Yankee universe, the large, you know, the sentiment of fans is fire the manager Boone and fire the general manager Cashman. Uh, my opinion, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I understand how Yankee fans think. I understand their feelings about it. But again, I also know there's there's a lot more to it than, you know, the owner just saying, okay, we had a bad season. We didn't get as far as we wanted to in the playoffs. I'm firing my general manager, firing my manager, and I'm going to get a whole new uh, team, you know. Front to, office, uh, yeah. Team. That's, that's a lot, it's a lot easier said than done. And, and you know, and let's – I also look at it as the Yankees have a different kind of expectations than all the teams do. Right. Um, So playing in New York is obviously it's not an easy market to play in. And so there has to be a level of expectations that we would normally have in in Cleveland. Like if you were to say, you know, tomorrow, Hey, we're going to fire, you know, Chris Antonetti and, you know, and Francona, we would be like, yeah, okay. You know, they didn't do any good this year. You know, we get that, you know, but yeah. in New York, there has to be a different, whether good or bad, there's just, it's just a difference. It's just, that's how it is. It's the nature of it. You're absolutely right about that, Ed. And I, I say that again, referencing uh, the book I read by David Cohn. And in it, he does write about how playing in New York is different. Playing in New York takes a lot of adjustment. And playing in New York is challenging. And mm-hmm. not everybody is able to, to succeed there. So, there is truth to that. Um, Lindor, for instance, as we mentioned, uh, Lindor struggled this year, but I think he's going to do better in future seasons. And I actually felt that for him with the Mets, this whole season was really like his first run, his first taste of New York, dealing with all the uh, distractions. And now that he's had a year under his belt, I think he can acclimate to it a little bit. And I think he'll be better prepared next season i hope so because he you know he didn't you know make any friends with a lot of the things that he pulled off and and as he was leaving cleveland you know a lot of the things that he started to say and that you know saying that he did while in cleveland it didn't leave with a good you know um idea of, of him as a player I, I hope he does but i'm hoping he does because obviously he's a fellow puerto rican so i got sure. to for him you know and i also have a couple of <laughs> i needed to go up in value as well you know got to leave something for my kid <laughs> <laughs> um so 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 let's let's 
let's talk about your collection. Um, you got a vast collection of New York Yankee hats, and I'm sure it's, there's not just that because you also have some some Brooklyn Nets and all this other stuff. Yeah. Tell me, how how did you come about started collecting those hats? You know, what 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 got you started? I've always liked hats. Um, mm -hmm. I know when I was a kid, I liked looking at pictures of me, you know, wearing a Yankee hat. So I've always had an affinity for it. Um, then there was a period, you know, um, when uh, you know, I had a few hats, you know, scattered in the uh, uh, in the closet. Um, I used to be one of these uh, guys who would never wear anything except the on-field navy blue Yankee hat. I would never think to wear a, a hat, you know, in any different color. Mm -hmm. I used to scathe, you know, like when they would have the special event days, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, and they'd come out with different hats. I'd say, boy, I wouldn't want to be at a game, you know, where they're not wearing the, the conventional uniform. Right, exactly, yeah. But for me, the, the, I pinpointed at this. Um, when I met my wife before we got married, um, and actually even after we got married, she was into online shopping. You know, mm -hmm. we're going back to 20, 2012, 2013, you know, and she'd be on her computer and she'd be buying stuff. And my disposition was, I'm just not into that. But then one day I just got the curiosity bug. And on that same day, I thought, well, why don't I go look and see where I can buy hats? Oh, man. I, hats? And I thought, okay, let's try to find lids, you know, and it wasn't too hard to find them. And then I went online and I saw all the caps they had. And then I said, well, I want to see the, the Yankee hats they have. And of course, I enjoyed scrolling down, looking at the different styles, uh, looking at what, what you could get. What I really liked was eventually you would come across the clearance sale caps. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that rang a bell. You thought, gee, you know, like this hat, you know, would sell for $34.99, but now it's on sale for 20 bucks or it's on sale for $15. Check. You know, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta get it. So definitely discovering online shopping and discovering lids online was very significant. That was around 20, let's say 2016. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, shortly into it, around right after New Year's in 2017, they had this massive sale. They had like caps on sale for a dollar. Yep. Oh, and, man. I mean, it was ridiculous. So there were all these caps, which really looked neat to me. You know, you're thinking, why isn't anybody buying this cap? This, this, these caps look great. You know, they fit my size. <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I can't believe it's here, you know? So I remember on one day, I bought like 30 hats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, but I mean, I, I got them for, for like, you know, a dollar here, a dollar there. I buy them in duplicates. Um, the word duplicate, that brings up a little something about me. Um, sometimes when I put my hat on, I like to look at the hat as a piece of clothing. And oh, yeah. Thing about is I like things to be brand new. You're not really going to find a lot of caps in my collection that are old and beat up and torn and worn. I like things to be brand new. It's kind of like, you know, when you get that shirt, you know, you love that new shirt you have. It looks great. And two years later, you know, it's faded. It's been through the laundry a couple of times. And I didn't want that happening to my hats. You know, I didn't want to look at my hats, um, you know, like, like an old shirt. Right. So I thought, well, I'm going to buy duplicates and I'm going to get myself, you know, the same cap uh, in as many duplicates as I can. And then after about four years, I'll discard that cap 
and I'll replace it with a new one. And in that way, it'll be like having a brand new cap. Nice. So, help with the uh, with the accumulation of the collection. Um, and like you said before, I, I I always just fancy like starting every year with a brand new uh, on field Yankee cap, and that's what I've been doing for about five years now. Um, and again, credit lids. Uh, one of their stores in New Jersey one time was closing. I happened to go in there. And they had caps on sale for like 70% off. I got all these Yankee hats for like under 10 bucks. I mean, it was, how could you not, you know, you capitalize. Listen, when that. this Excel that good, you got to take advantage of it. Absolutely. 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 So I definitely, I definitely took advantage. I took advantage of that. And I took advantage of just being patient, waiting for caps that would be on sale for $34.99 to go on clearance and then get them for $20. Or fifteen dollars, or five dollars sometimes. Yeah, That's absolutely. It. You have to, because yeah. let's, let's be honest. You know, your your style that you collect is mostly the fifty nine fifties, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, and those are not cheap. They're thirty five bucks for a brand new one on you know regular day. You know, back then, back then, now they're going for almost forty thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. They're, now they're, they're above forty now, which is. You know, that was one reason I, I started accumulating my caps, too, was because not, not that I really foresaw it, you know, but, you know, part of you thinks, you know, you're buying these caps now. They're thirty four ninety nine. But I remember when a fifty nine fifty was thirty one ninety nine. And I remember when it was twenty eight ninety nine. I remember when it was twenty four ninety nine. So, you know, the trend is that it's going to go up. So I'm not surprised to see, you know, caps for the prices they are right now. And that was one thing that I thought. Let's accumulate a lot of caps now, and I'm not going to pay for it, you know, in the later. Yeah. I'll pay for less. Exactly. That's so. super smart because right now, man, listen, even even um, for for my hats, you know, uh, I definitely go to the sell section first. I make sure that I go and check on the settings, and I make sure that I'm yeah. like, okay, <laughs> let's go to the start from the lowest clearance section first, yeah. and then move on because listen. You know, and, and that's how I got into the point where I've got way too many time, way too many heads at some point, yeah. you know, but it's okay. Listen, it, it's, it's a conversation starter, right? Uh, it's, sure. You know, your hats is the same thing, you know, and the beauty of collecting is that, you know, you and me are talking about collecting hats right now, but you're collecting a 5950 new era where I'm collecting a 47 brand for the most part, you know, yeah. adjustable hat. Right. Yeah. But we can both appreciate the fact that we're both collectors. Yeah. And then I, I've got a, you know, I, I'm not restricted to 5950s either. I've right. got a lot of snapbacks. I've got a lot of these dad hats. I got a nice big bag of dad hats in the uh, the garage. 3930s, you know, I got a whole stash of those. I, if I you got like it, on. go for it. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way. Uh, that's the way. I, I, I got some it. new eras myself. I got some 920s. I got some, um, some uh, the OC Sports. So I mean, there, there's, you know, because, you know, when I started, you know, this whole collection, a lot of the independent minor league ball clubs don't have the 47 brands, right? So, yeah. uh, I, I, I blame myself for doing this, but I've so at one point I was like, nope, I'm only gonna collect the 47. That's all I want. That's what I need. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I got to miss out on a lot of other teams because of my foolishness. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So now I'm like, no, no, no. Do you have an adjustable dad hat? Right. Because that's what I collect. Do you have it? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Right. So let's do it. You know, 
and and it's and and, and that's the beauty of of collecting right now. So, sure. uh, have you counted your hats? Yeah, I, I've done counts on. I counted one recently, um, and like uh, our friend Hardy the Hat Guy, and really like any other collector, I've got my own method. Yeah, for keeping track of them. Um, the total amount exceeded eight hundred. Uh, I know that mu- that number has changed uh, because I have bought a few hats, but I've I've sold some hats or I've discarded some caps. So it's really not my goal to go through my lifetime, you know, accumulating, you know, uh, a, a massive amount of, of yeah. Caps. I, I buy the caps because I like them, and I buy the caps because I like to wear them. I'm not a cap collector, you know, for you know for the sake of buying a cap that I want to hang up on a wall or, you know, something that you might find in a museum, you know, the cap, you, know, you wear it. You oh, I wear, wear it all of these. They're hanging I, on my wall, but I be- better believe that I'll be wearing, I have worn every single one of these hats. Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's the thing for me also. I plan on living a long life, Ed. You know, I plan on living to at least 90. So I've got, you know, enough caps to get me into my 70s, you know. <laughs> Maybe by then, I'll, I'll hold on to caps, you know, for more than four years or so. Okay. Love but, it. You know, by, by, by then, you know, I expect the cap collection to be, to dwindle down that, that, right. that, at, that you know, at some point I was like, okay, it's time to start giving them away. Start passing yeah. <laughs> it on to other people. As best as you can. Um, so I, I have a method for, uh, for keeping track of them. I, 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 I do it on paper. I don't do it on computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to keep my caps in order. Um, I'll try to show you with, uh, if you, if you can see. But anytime I buy a cap, um, I like to uh, record the uh, the date. I like to record the date that I bought it. No, really? Yeah, I record the, um, the the amount that I paid for it, and that's because I like to see how much of a discount I got. So if I bought a cap that originally sold for thirty four ninety nine, I like to say, oh, I got this cap for ten bucks, or you know, I got the twenty. That's amazing. So that's the uh, that's that's the idea about that. Um, I like to know how long a cap has been on the shelf before I put it into rotation. Again, with my collection, I don't have a wall of caps, you know, that I select from. I like things to be new. And one thing that I do is every month I have my own personal cap day. So on the first of the month, I go into my stash, which is in my garage, which is back there behind me. And I just open up the select bag and I take out a cap and I cross it out in my notebook and it's in rotation. And at this point, you know, like some of my older caps will be sold or discarded uh, at this point. So it sort of helps with the uh, the in out of the- It's a, it's a cyclical thing, right? Let's it's see, a... Here's, a, here's a 5950. Um, this was before I got in the tag over here. I know you can't really see it too well, but I write down when I bought the cap. And I also write in big letters when I put into rotation. So this cap that you see right over here, I bought in 2017 and I just started wearing it in 2020, June of 2020. So in what color is that? Was that a a gray, dark gray, uh, light gray color? This is one of my favorite ones. This is also a duplicate, meaning I've had this cap before. The the duplicate has been discarded. This is a second generation cap. And in case you're really interested, I have about a dozen of this collection alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's how much I love this cap. Not for every cap, not for every cap, but that's that's one of the a cool one though. I like that one. Yeah, I love the color. I love the colorway. The, the you know, I gotta say though, like in in as 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 a fan of the sport and as a fan of logos and all that, 
there's something about the Yankee logo that is just iconic, right? Everybody knows the the New York Yankees logo. And I, you know, I got to respect that there has to be a, a respect for that logo. I think it's awesome. And it's, it looks good on, on a dad hat. Like you're the one wearing right now on a 5950 or on a snapback or trucker hat, whatever it is, it just, it just looks good. I'm glad you mentioned that Ed, because that brings up uh, something interesting. I, I don't want to go get too sidetracked, but yeah. on one of your previous uh, uh, broadcasts, mm-hmm. uh, you, you and the, the, I forget who it was you were interviewing you guys were talking about the Australian Baseball League. Yeah. And I've been following the Australian Baseball League for about uh, five years now. I'm, I'm really into it. Nice. Um, I discovered it accidentally. Uh, just uh, I was up late at night one night. Uh, went on to uh, the MLB channel. Discovered it there. Um, and I guess what, what helped is that the game was live. You know, I thought it was like a videotape of an Australian baseball right. game. So discovered Australian Baseball looked up the, uh, uh, the, the league and uh, started following. I, I chose, you know, the Adelaide, they're now the Adelaide Giants, but before they were the Giants, they were the Adelaide Bite. And yeah, I designated right. them my favorite Australian baseball team. Nice. Um, and that, that's kind of fun also, you know, it's like because the broadcasts are done on YouTube, uh, you can chat with other fans on YouTube. The announcers will sometimes read your chat. But getting to what you were saying before, like when I'm watching an Australian baseball league game, I am amazed when you see fans sitting with Yankee hats and Dodgers hats, Royals hats, Rays hats, Indians hats. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see it there. And it's just amazing to think, boy, this game is happening more than an ocean away, half a world away from me. And you see the teams that we like there. You know, it's just amazing. Like, the reach of oh, base, absolutely the reach of MLB Australian league. You're talking about the, the Korean league, you know, and Japanese, you know, I, it, there's so many countries that play the sport on, yeah. on either a professional level, semi-pro like, you know, Puerto Rico has is, you know, its own professional league and they also have their own minor league system as well, you know, and, and they're all Mexico, right? Yeah. The Mexican league is a crazy good league. You know, yeah. I think uh, I, I want to say that Manny Ramirez at one point was still playing there. And so was uh, Bartolo Colon was still playing at his age. I'm like, God bless you for that. You know, yeah. you have the opportunity to go and play. So go yeah, Manny for Ramirez, you know, was looking forward to him playing for the uh, Sydney Blue Sox this year. It didn't work out unfortunately. And I saw an interview with Manny, great guy, Manny Ramirez. I, mm-hmm. I like him. He would have been, uh, he would have been helpful to, uh, to those. Australians. No, the, was it just a con- contractual thing that just, cause I, I did see something about it. It just didn't. I don't, I don't, re- I don't recall the details of it. Mm-hmm. It was around the time COVID happened. Yeah. I'm sure COVID had something to, uh, had something to do with it. Um, he was looking forward to it though. Uh, somewhere out there on YouTube is the, is the interview with him. And it's an extensive interview. And uh, it's worth uh, worth looking up and worth watching for uh, Manny Ramirez fans, and uh, really getting to hear them hear him talk. I think Manny Ramirez he gets like a bad rap also. Um, you know he hasn't done all that many interviews. Um, you know people disparage him. Non uh, Red Sox fans, non Indians fans, you know will disparage him. Uh, we've mm-hmm. seen it. You know, but when when you hear him talk, he's a good guy. He's, he's a good guy. Uh, in the world of the internet, right? 
it's, there's so many, you know, people out on the Twitter or Facebook or anything that like they think that they're, you know, bigger than what they are, you know, and they started disparaging players and, you know, all that, which, why? Yeah, you know, warriors. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm all about the positive, man. I want to show this in the spirit of the Dad Hat Chronicles. That's my Adelaide Bites uh, Dad Hat. The shipping fee was quite expensive to get that happen. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm waiting for, you know, we were just talking about it because you were the one who said do it for uh, the BC Lions, you know, the Canadian Football League. Um, they said, I was like, go ahead and do it. I bought it, uh, you know, from Australia, I had it shipped from Australia. Uh, I'm waiting for them to get the T-shirt that I want. And then I will be I am going to go ahead and bite the bullet. And I am going to buy the the T-shirt and the hat. So uh, yeah. I am getting it. Yes. Got to support. Got to support. You know, so if you if you designate a team to be your favorite team, you just got to you got to, you know, accept it. A lot of Canadian fans, you know, that I've spoken to, they say, hey, yeah, Ed, that's a normal thing. Love it. Look at that. This was a gift from one of my Australian uh, friends. Love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so you are a, you said you are a season ticket holder, huh? Yeah. Uh, 22, just finished my 22nd year. Starting my 23rd year, I've already, I've made the deposits. Uh, so it's definitely going to happen. Hoping there'll be a baseball season next year. Um, you know, the CBA uh, runs out. Um, yeah. During the 2020 season, seeing how difficult it was for the players and MLB to come together to come to an agreement, you sort of wonder if that's going to be not forgotten by the players and uh, if that's going to have any kind of effect on a, a new CBA. Again, I really don't like to get into CBA talk. I don't like to get into contracts and stuff like that. Right, because you and me, we're, we're, we're just not educated enough on what's going on with those contract disputes. Yeah. But I also know that... Um, you know, if there's a chance that, you know, it could wreck the baseball season next year, it, it definitely makes me appreciate baseball. It definitely made me appreciate this season. Again, you know, for, for Yankee fans, uh, a lot of Yankee fans, you know, saying they, they weren't happy with the season and, and understandably too. Um, some fans saying, you know, they, they wanted the team not even to make the, the wild card game, not to make the playoffs, uh, to which my feeling was, you know, if this is, the last season we have in a while, you know, I, you, you want your team to go as far as they can possibly go. Well, I would, I would put, I would ask them that, you know, what do you think a Cleveland Indians fan or a Cincinnati Reds or Seattle Mariners were right there on the verge of yeah. making the wild card. If they would have given their left arm for that wild card spot, even if it's just one game, I believe it. All of them would have been saying, yes. Give me that wild card game. Absolutely. No, I think that in my opinion, I think that it should be a best of three instead of just one game for a wild card round, just because it, you, you really don't get a good idea of which team should move on. In and my opinion. That also, Ed, I, I thought it should be a best two of three as well, because baseball historically in its fabric is a series oriented sport. Correct. It's not a one and done sport. I've been to a few of the wild card games. Uh, I see the drama in the wild card games. Um, but you're, if you're a fan of the team that loses, it's not really all that fun. No, if it you're isn't. A fan of the team that wins, hey, it's 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 a great thing. 
But even if you win, I can understand, you know, it really should be a series, a best two out of three like they did last season. I was really hoping that they would continue with that this season. And I'm sure somewhere down the line, they're going to want to change the playoff format and they're going to want to expand it. So I do see that in baseball's future. You want to grow the popularity? You got to do what the fans are asking for, right? I mean, you're they're asking for these things because what? They want to see more baseball. What? Yeah. Oh, it makes me so angry sometimes just to think about it. You know, it's funny about baseball because baseball is renowned for being slow to make changes, to react to. Yeah, to changes. Exactly. And fans are renowned for, as you just said, reacting to changes. No, don't give us a wild card. We don't want that. No, we don't want, you know, three divisions. No, don't realign our, our, our teams. But, you know, something every time baseball has made these moves, They've worked out yeah, and fans liked it. Now there's been a lot of, you know, unhappiness about the runner on second and extra innings, mm-hmm. that rule, um, the three pitch, uh, the three batter minimum for pitchers. For the pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. I think are a little contrived and we can, we can do without, but I think, you know, things like realigning um, or, or uh, expanding the playoffs, you know, everybody will complain about it at first. Um, People will say, oh, you're watering down, you know, the, the, the World Series. Yeah. You also have to be, you have to be realistic about the world we live in, too. This is not 1945, you know, when, when you only had 16 teams, you know, fighting for uh, the World Series. Right. You got a lot more teams. You got to, you know, you got to share the, the, the wealth, of, you know, pretty much with yeah. everybody. So, like, when you got to, I, I think that by expanding it, right, you, you get more players out you know to be shown and, and showcase out on national tv and don't get me don't get me started on the whole tv you know deals and contracts that they have because <laughs> that's a whole totally separate episode that we can just go on you hey, know? i'm gonna stay in my lane on that i'm gonna stay in my lane i'm not, I'm not a tv guy you know <laughs> my team is on tv i'm happy <laughs> right exactly hey you listen you guys and i get it I'm, I get it, right? The, the teams that are popular, that, that are in big TV markets, is economics. I get that part. I get it. But it would be good once in a while to showcase all the different teams. That's all I'm, you know, sure. that's, you know, that's it. I agree with that. So, um, so how did, let me ask you, as a, as a, as a Yankee fan, how did you feel about this? In your opinion, right? You've given me, you know, like what fans are felt, but what, did, what what was your feeling on this whole season so far? You know, how, you know, obviously it ended early, prematurely, but how, how do you think it went for you? Um, it was definitely an up and down season. Yeah. I, I definitely felt that uh, it, it was a roller coaster. Um, and I'm also conflicted, Ed, because partly because I think too much about these things. Mm-hmm. There's part of me that's like the typical Yankee fan you know, who wants them to finish in first place, who wants them to go deep into the playoffs, win a World Series title. Mm-hmm. You know, there's part of me that's like that. And then on the other side of me is the sensible side, you know, knowing that baseball is bigger now. You have 30 teams all competing for the same thing. You have, um, you know, 30 teams every now and then. What's going to happen is another team is just going to do it better than the way that you do it. Again, we're in a different age and you can't, do things the same way that you did in 1994, 1995. 
Correct. Uh, things like that are not going to work in 2020 and in 2021. Um, so for me, at some point, I'll look back uh, and, and realize, you know, this was a good season. And probably, you know, being more realistic, probably a few years from now. Mm-hmm. The Yankees won 92 games. I mean, that's a you know, good season. Orioles, yeah. How can you complain about that? It's just disappointing, you know, like when you're in make the playoffs and you get eliminated in that wild card, that is a real killjoy. You right. know, Sunday, right. you're 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 happy, you're screaming, you know, you're you're euphoric because you made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. By Tuesday, it's done. And not only that, you lose to the Red Sox. <laughs> right, which is your arch rival on top of that. So and and again, this we go back to the if this was a three-game series boy, that would have been a bigger yeah. you know, story. That would have been like, okay, so, okay, we, we lost game one. All right, so let's recoup. Let's, let's, let's regroup here. Let's go ahead and, you know, go for game two. Because that, you know, and, and even if you say, all right, we're going to do all three games in one stadium. We're not going to travel. I'm yeah. perfectly fine with that because I think that, you know, logistically that would not make any sense to go to a different ballpark for, for a one game series, for a one game. If you keep it a one you know, stadium and you do all three games there. Yeah, go for it. Why not? You know, just designate the other team as the home team for that year for that game and then move on. It's an idea. I have a feeling that again, staying in my lane, but I have a feeling, you know, like both teams want to have games in their stadiums. Oh, probably of work it out where they do something like that. You know, it'd be pretty cool if like you did one game at one team stadium, then the next game at the other team stadium, then the next day you have to fly back. You know? Right, exactly. So we'll see. on that airline gas, <laughs> but, but, but then you, but then if you do it on that one stadium, you reward, you're rewarding that, that team with a yeah. better, you know, average, right. Or a better winning percentage and all that. So the win loss ratio. So uh, there, there has to be a team that, you know, it's like, okay, I don't want to be traveling. I, you know, we want our team to start winning right away. Yeah. So there has to be that, you know, that motive, uh, that, that that carrot being dangled in front of you in yeah. order for it to do something. So that could be a motivational thing as well. But I get it. Yeah. Economics. Again, we go back to economics. You know, what are yeah. they going to? So I better stay in my lane. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so you're done for the year. You're you know, what what is your are you you're you're transferring into another sport now to watch another sport? You you watching football? What are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm getting ready for the the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, yep. are, uh, and again, that was another emotional roller coaster ride. Um, yeah. Last year, uh, you know, there was a lot of good talk about the Nets. Uh, for, for background, I've been a Nets fan since uh, 1995. Okay. Um, that was uh, maybe it was 96 or 97, whatever, whatever year it was that they got John Calipari as the coach. That's when I became a Nets fan. Uh, so I didn't just jump on the bandwagon. Back in 2002 and 2003 when they had Jason Kidd and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and won those. And then they went to the, uh, the championships against the Lakers the first time and then against San Antonio the second time. I've been a Nets fan through and through, uh, you know, all these, all these years. I watch every game. Uh, when I watch the games, I listen to the radio broadcast. There's usually a um, time difference. Uh, you know, between the audio and the video. But the mm-hmm. reason I do that is because I'm a big fan of the radio announcers, Tim Capstra and uh, Chris Carino. They do okay. a post-game show uh, on, on Twitter. They take your comments. So I send comments to them. They read my comments all the time. They 
they know who I am. They, they don't know me personally. I, I but, met but them they know you. Like yeah. Years ago. Like, you know, here's our, our, our dentist, you know, Spencer Schwartz, you know, uh, you know, writing in, checking in today. So they, they, they know who I am. So you kind of have like a relationship with that. You feel like you're part of the team. And uh, again, last year was like the first year that they, they really just took off. Yeah. You know, we were, the, we were the team that everybody was out to beat. The Nets opened up the NBA season. We played the first game of the season. We beat um, Golden State. Um, they won two. They won their first two games. Now that may not sound like much, but they hadn't started two and zero in ten years. Oh wow! You know, going back to 2011, when they went two and zero at the Prudential Center, and they were the New Jersey Nets. So just starting two and zero was a big accomplishment. Right. And then they went six and one on the West Coast. They beat LeBron James and the Lakers in Los Angeles uh, for a game. I mean, they they had this unbelievable season uh it was so great having kevin durant and as they're going as they're playing along you know you listen to the talk shows and you listen to the twitter and everybody's saying yeah the nets are probably going to the playoffs they're, pro- they're probably going to go to the to the title game they're probably going to win the championship right yeah um in the back of my mind i always knew that milwaukee would be their biggest challenge and i thought that because milwaukee had unfinished business they yep, um they came they so already close. Have two chances it yeah it's so hard like, like when you have a team that's able to win a title that window of opportunity is very very small and mm-hmm. i think milwaukee played with the notion that their window of opportunity was closing and i think that that motivation really helped them you know defeat the nets in the second round right yeah when, when the nets lost i mean that was that hurt you know i mean that was that was really crushing um, the night that it happened, I remember I had to go for a walk in my neighborhood <laughs> Just in the middle of the night, you know, Just my wife cool was like, what, what's wrong? What's, 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 what's the matter, you know? And, you know, I just had to go out and, and decompress, you know, from the loss because I really bought into it. And now it's starting again. Everybody's saying the Nets are the team to beat. Um, they're getting the hype. Uh, I'm trying to be cautious about it, but, you know, I can't help but feel it could happen, but I'm still crushed from last season. You know, it's like really hard right. for me to get into I, it and get ready for. I season. think that'll that that will continue until the season starts. You know, once it then you once you start, then okay, let's go. We're we're all in. Yeah. Let me ask because sure. you're 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 in that your that's your team and you know that you guys are in the market. How is the whole Kyrie Irving thing going for you guys? Um. You know, my, my view on uh, Kyrie Irving, um, fans are definitely frustrated. Mm-hmm. I'm frustrated about it. Uh, first of all, on the issue of him uh, not getting vaccinated, um, I do want to preface that, that before I got on uh, the show with you tonight, mm-hmm. um, there was a statement released uh, yeah. explaining, you know, his reasons for not doing it. Um, but in my opinion, it, you know, the reasons for not doing it, uh, the reasons explained by people is what I call trying to make sense out of nonsense. And I read his reasons and it's really not a justified reason no. for not getting the vaccine. So it's frustrating because, you know, this team could start, you know, moving forward and getting ready for the season. And you have a player that's making an issue that could be settled if he would just go and get the vaccine. I can understand like, you know, if a player, is being told that they're not going to get a contract extension. They feel they should get that. 
or if there's a social issue and they feel that the social issue rises above basketball, which I fully endorse and I fully understand. Mm -hmm. uh, sidebar Kyrie missed some games last year because of a, a social issue. And I fully understood it and I fully supported that. But this is something that's, that's different. This is a, a public health issue. This is um, a virus that is in, in America alone has killed almost a quarter, three quarters of a million people. Right, and I, and I, I think that he 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 could be such a, an important voice for people to follow, right? Because he has a lot a big following on on social media that could, yeah. you know, that could benefit from someone like him uh, in the LeBrons of the world, right? I'm yeah. I'm a person I don't believe in having a sports athlete as someone to look up to. I think that should be yeah. left off left to you know people who are actually doing the work out there nurses doctors you know police yeah. officers firefighters things like that but we we live in a world where a a sports athlete has a voice out there and should you know whether you like it or not you have a voice and people are going to listen to you right you should use it for for good instead of yeah. being a distraction yeah. you know and to, to get back on that also, Ed, see, there's the part of me also that says to myself, you know, Kyrie Irving, I mean, he really shouldn't play basketball just to please me. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, fans. no. Right. You know, if, if he if he's got some objection, you know, to, you know, the the, the vaccine issue. I mean, OK, you know, I know people out there are going to people are going to have their reasons. Mm -hmm. um, I may not you know, agree with it. But, you know, there's that, that part of me. That's where I get conflicted because I don't want to come from Kyrie. You know, you play basketball because I'm a Nets fan. I want the Nets. Right, to do right, well. right. But if you if you want to, because he has two one foot out the door and one foot in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to play, then don't play so they can give that spot to someone else. Yeah. But he wants to he wants the attention. He wants the money. He wants to do that. But he wants it on his own terms. And unfortunately, it's a business. Yeah, you know, you, you got you know. At the end of the day, like we said, it's a business. Yeah, and forgive me also, and I I always try to remind myself, you know, I watch them on TV. I, I may go to a game, but I don't know these guys. I really don't. No, want to speak no, none of us do. None of anyway, us do. Yeah. Right? Not not one of us do. So I get it. Um, that okay, said, it, it's frustrating because um, you know, this is something that has a very easy solution, and the the reasons you know for not taking that avenue it's totally so yeah. convoluted. it's making something difficult it's complicating the simple right let I'm me fine, gonna... no no it's fine it's fine absolutely and it's true it's a simple solution it's as simple as that let me ask you um you you your collection is just you know nets and all that have you sure. ever thought about uh, you know and this is where you know the fan of the minor leagues comes in right here have you ever thought about doing any kind of you know buying any collection of besides uh um the your uh, Australian team, any other minor league teams of that you've you know gravitated towards, you know, because you've got a great team like the Brooklyn Cyclones and other uh, you know uh, teams over there. Have you ever thought about doing any collections like that? Oh, I, I wouldn't say collecting per se, but uh, we go to Trenton Thunder games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We live very close to the Trenton Thunder, actually, in this area. Um, with the Trenton Thunder is the main minor league team. That I'll take my family to. And that's Love fun. I, we didn't go this year, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You know, like they'll have something like Star Wars night. And 
I like the minor league games. I like, you know, obviously it's less costly, <laughs> family oriented. Um, we went to a minor league game. Uh, my daughter, she got an autograph from uh, Chris Gittens, who eventually played for the Yankees. Uh, he played a little bit this season. So I like to, you know, take out the picture of the autograph that uh, we got from him. That's awesome. So that's what I like about the minor leagues. You never know who you're going to see. It's not really an issue of wanting to accumulate a, a number of caps. I mean, if the cap is nice, I'll, I'll get it. I just haven't really seen that many caps, you know, to warrant going out and buying them. But mm -hmm. I've got some Trenton Thunder. I've got some Trenton Thunder caps uh, in my stash. Uh, I haven't put them in rotation yet, but they're going to be there. You know, one of these days they're going to get selected. And one of my favorite Trenton Thunder caps is um, the two-headed dragon which goes back to the early nineties. And I remember going to Trenton Thunder in the early nineties. I remember they played a game against uh, the, uh, the Reddington Phils mm -hmm. and there was a player on the Reddington Phils. His name was Essex Gasbert. He was like a real fast guy. And uh, he came over and he took a picture uh, with me and my friends uh, uh, a little bit after the game. And it was just, it was so cool, you know, and that's what I like about the minor leagues is that the players are a little bit more accessible. Mm -hmm. I do want to point out, I'd be remiss not to do this. Um, not as close, about 30 miles from where I live are the, um, uh, the blue claws, the Lakewood blue claws. Oh man. Oh yeah. I would have liked to have gotten there. Um, one of the reasons I would have liked to have gotten there is because their manager is Chris Adamson, who's also the manager of the Adelaide giants, formerly the Adelaide bite. That... I really wanted to see, I, I wanted to bring my, my Adelaide uh, bite hat and say, Hey, Chris, you know, you know I, I've seen you on TV. Maybe you know who I am also. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Awesome. I love but it. I do, like, I do like the minor leagues. Yeah. The minor leagues are, uh, they're, they're a lot of fun and it's, uh, it's great to go. To. But in this area, Trenton Thunder is always our first choice. They're, they're the closest, the, the most accessible. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're no longer with the Yankees, but with the, they're with the Blue Jays now. You, you never know who's going to be there. You never know who's going to need like a rehab assignment. So, right. You and, never know. I, I encourage, you know, going to the, uh, the minor league games. When I lived up in North Jersey, um, the, the Newark Bears uh, had resurged. Oh, man, that uh, was a, such a cool one. I love that one, yeah. Oh, yeah. I caught um, uh, a game with uh, Ricky Henderson right before he was uh, traded to the uh, Los Angeles Padres. Oh. Unfortunately, they, they went out of business again a number of years ago. It's just that, that's how we go. Now, you mentioned your, your daughter. Does she embrace you know, everything, the sports as you, uh, two daughters, uh, yeah. my older one, she, um, she's not really as into it. You know, when I say you want to go to Yankee stadium, she'll give like a yes, but she's not that crazy about it. <laughs> the younger daughter, my younger daughter has started wearing the, the, the hat backwards to, uh, to, to school. She does it every day. She likes the Yankees. She's sad because the Yankees on vacation now, but she's happy because the Brooklyn Nets, are coming back from vacation now. Oh, I love so it. Vacation. Like, you know, That's amazing. <laughs> she's more into uh, what, what dad likes. Now, when I go to a game, I'll take them both. Yeah. I love taking my daughters to, uh, to games. But, you know, if I'm giving an honest answer, my older one, she'd rather like, you know, play a computer game or, you know, read a dragon book, you know, than go to a, a Yankees game. Uh, the only thing she really likes about the Yankees game his daddy eventually takes the girls to the gift shop <laughs> <laughs> overpays, you know, for a, uh, a, a Yankee drag or something <laughs> that you could have gotten somewhere else for a little cheaper. I get it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just starting with my daughter now, man. It's, it's sure. awesome. 
you know, she was helping me the other night, you know, we were putting the hats in there, you know, it was like almost nine o'clock. And I was like, listen, girlfriend, you got to go to bed. She's like, no, I'm helping daddy put the hats. So. And on I'm, that, like my daughter, my, my younger daughter, like when she sees me doing a cap count, you know, she likes to take some caps and she likes to count her caps also, you know, well, look yes. at you like this one, do you not like that one? And we like that. Let's give it a check off, you know. So I got some pictures of them like doing their their own uh, cap counts too. So you know, I'm, I'm giving them the fever. <laughs> I love it. It feels so good when they share that with you. You know, yeah. when I make the videos with her, ah oh, man, I just I look forward to the weekends because it's just it's so fun to do them. You know, there's a couple of takes. You know, I'm like, all right, girlfriend, I need sure. you to pay attention for like a couple seconds here. But it's so much fun, and I absolutely love it. It's so yeah. good to share that with your kids, right? And like when I do uh, my New York Yankee cap of the day that I post on Twitter uh, every day, um, you know, every now and then I'll say to Victoria, you want to do a cap of the day with me or you want to be my poser today? So I like to get them involved. They, they dig it also. And then like, you know, later in the day when I say, look, we had 3000 people look at that. You know, you're famous, you know, you're, you're pretty uh, <laughs> you're hot stuff. <laughs> yes. Love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> all right so uh we're at the part of the 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 show here that we are going to go into my famous not so famous questions are you ready okay i'm ready very first question though i ask this to everybody you go to the ballpark right you go to yankee stadium what is the snack or food that you get automatically you're, you're going to be very disappointed in my answer. I knew this question was coming. Uh, so I wanted to be as delicate with it as possible. Um, I don't, I don't really eat stadium food. No. Okay. Um, I, I abstain from a stadium food. Maybe every now and then I'll get a, a hot pretzel. Okay. Um, I, I used to be like anybody else. I used to eat, you know, the, the stuff they sell there, but um, uh, you know, taking what I eat a little bit more seriously, I, I really abstain from uh grease and junk food i haven't Nothing had wrong a, with that i haven't had a piece of cake you know even on my birthday i don't eat cake you know so that's i'm pretty uh pretty pretty serious about that when i go to the stadium i prepare meals for before the game and after the game the before meal is usually a turkey sandwich and maybe a couple pieces of fruit mm -hmm. the plan is i don't eat anything until i get parked and i'm ready to go into the stadium so i go in with a full stomach Smart. And, uh, I carry in, um, you know, granola bars or, you know, cashews. Uh, I got these organic fig bars, you know, that my wife has bought me. Maybe I'll get a Diet Coke with it, but I, I don't eat the famous, you know, Yankee greased chicken buckets. I, I don't eat French fries. I don't eat cheeseburgers. I don't eat any of that stuff. I do remember what they taste like, but I, I, I don't eat them my, myself. It's a I lot of grease. Any. I get it. I get yeah. it. You know, and then for after the game, you know, I've got my, you know, a couple apples, some fruits. Funny story. Um, <laughs> April uh, opening day of 2019, uh, went to the stadium, did my thing, brought my stash, but my stash included two full apples and a couple oranges. I went through security, security, so I had all this fruit. They said, no, you can't eat this. So being, you can't go into the stadium with this. So being a guy, I didn't want the food to go away. So there was a garbage uh, can close by and I'm looking at the garbage I'm looking at my food I'm thinking am I really going to have to do like a comedy act and eat all this fruit before I walk into the stadium eventually they turned away I went in I carried my fruit with me but for anybody out there if you want to bring fruit to the stadium cut it up and peel your oranges beforehand don't bring a 
a full uh, full ounce. <laughs> I, I, I learned. I learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, never again. You now you peel it and now you cut it up so that way it doesn't. They don't take it away. Oh, sorry. I wish I could give you a juicy answer like a no. you know, hot dog or something, but uh, no, I, I abstain from the food. I appreciate the uniqueness of your answer. I appreciate that. So thank you for that, my friend. Sure. Okay. Um. So let's see here. Um, what color is your toothbrush? Current toothbrush is a light green. Light it green. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Spring, summer, fall, or winter? Summer. I love Good. long days. I love uh, warm nights. I love uh, crickets and beetles. I, I love night sounds. I love the beach. I love going to the beach with my daughters. I love waves. I love everything there is uh, about summer. Love it. I think I absolutely think you're correct on that. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, tacos or burritos when you do have them? Uh, I, I, I haven't uh, I haven't eaten a taco or burrito in a, in a long time. No, I, that's not true. I do get um, egg white burritos, so probably burritos. Good. I like it. I take it. I will take it. Um, OK. Early bird or night owl? Currently. An early bird. There was a time in my life when I was a night owl. Um, you know, you get older, you get kids, things change. Um, night owl, because um, one of the things I do, I, I know cap collecting, I, I, I know on Twitter I'm known for that, but music is really my thing. That's, that's really like my whole, that's the thing that really defines me. And I write songs. I've been writing songs for, for decades now. So nighttime is really the time when the creativity really starts to get loose it opens up and you know it's just great like when you're up you know one two o'clock in the morning and you're writing down a song it, it doesn't feel the same when you're doing it at nine in the morning or eight o'clock yeah, at night i you get know, that something about that nighttime that nighttime energy when the cortisol is flowing through your body um it it uh, it, it really gets you going but these days um you know things are different so now i'm a, I'm a morning guy now i'm happy the best days are when I can exit the gym and you finish a workout like at six or six 30 in the morning. Those are the great days. Doesn't always happen, but yeah. Uh, weekends I'm up at the, uh, before seven, I like to go for my, uh, my bike ride, long bike ride on the, on the weekends, short bike rides during the day, but I get up, uh, pretty much earlier than everybody else in my, uh, in my house. I'm the first one up. Same here. Usually five 30 is my uh, wake up time, there you, you know, go. in the morning. Workout, it's it, it, like you said, it's the quiet time. Everybody's still sleeping. That's that's my time, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I also, like it. I, I don't like to rush in the morning too. I, I I like you know you wake up early, and I like having hours before I have to get in the car and go to work. I don't want to wake up, get dressed, eat breakfast, and then you're in the car and you're driving already. The you know, rushing like, of it, yeah. Exactly, you know, watch a little TV read my book you know that i get it absolutely you're i'm with you there my friend absolutely uh comedy or drama oh nighttime i always like to have a good comedy yeah Uh, get relaxed you know for the uh really you're you're splitting hairs though but i'll take a comedy okay all right cool i like it i like it um what is the one book that you're reading right now i'm almost finished with a book called um uh what's it called again Um, (laughs) they didn't believe it could happen it's about the 1969 mets god Uh, it's the first non-yankees uh baseball book 
that I'm reading. I, I've read, uh, I don't know, about five or six this year, but this is my first non-Yankees book. Very interesting book. Very interesting to read about that team, mm-hmm. those players. It was the first year um, that they had a divisional series. They played against the Braves, featuring Henry Aaron, who was in his first playoff in 11 years. I didn't know that Henry Aaron's brother played on the Braves in 1969. Obviously, wasn't as good as him. Aaron hit, was known for hitting a, a home run in game one of that series uh, that hit the, um, not the foul pole, it hit the center field flagpole. Which was wow. Just, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a very interesting book to uh, read. I didn't realize that the owner of the Mets, their first owner was uh, Jean Payson, who was a, a woman. I, I didn't realize their first owner was, was a woman. So that's pretty, re- pretty remarkable, you know, where the Mets stand in uh, uh, baseball ownership uh, history. It's, that's uh, it's pretty cool. Book. Yeah, I like uh, the it. The next book will be about the uh, '85 Yankees and Mets. That's that's coming. Okay, all right, I like it. You gotta let me know how it goes. Um, what is your favorite or Halloween costume that you've worn? <laughs> I'm a typical typical guy. You know, I put on a sports jersey, and that's my that's my costume. <laughs> I'm as creative as it gets. Do you want me to reminisce? Like when I was a kid, you know, when I was a kid. I would dress up as a dinosaur. Uh, Star Wars. I was big with Star Wars. I've gone as a stormtrooper, Darth Vader. Uh, then there was my Kiss period, you know, and I would dress up as the members of Kiss. I like Peter Chris, you know, that was uh, that was cool. But you know, in the last few years, it's been uh, it's been pretty lame, man. That's uh, here's my jersey. That's my costume, you know. It's I'm like, a sports player. Deal with yeah. it. <laughs> I like it. I, uh, listen, at least it's a costume. Yeah, one less thing to think about, though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, what is the one show that has been canceled that you wish would uh, they would bring back? Oh, boy, I had, a, I had an answer for this, and I certainly can't... Uh... Ah. <laughs> I had an answer for you, Ed. Um, I like to... Uh... It's a, it was a comedy show. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dying up here. That's a recent one. It was about struggling comedians. Okay. It was on uh, Showtime Cinemax, uh, short-lived series. It was, it was very good. Uh, I like the series Ballers, too, with uh, The Rock. Which, oh, which, yeah. Uh, I still I, have I, to finish. I didn't finish, like, the last season, so I got to finish it. Yeah. It just kind of ended also. It really ended um, uh, unsatisfactorily for me. There's really no I hate when they when they end the show, they rush the, the last couple of you know uh, episodes and it just gives you a bad taste because yeah. you, know, you, you became a fan for a reason. And sure. then all of a sudden they just ended in a bad way. I get that. But if you're asking me to go back, you know, like to the 90s, the 80s and 90s, it's really hard for me. Yeah, no, so whichever. Shows, it doesn't matter. Or <laughs> recent ones, too, that they count. They count. Uh, OK, a couple more here. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? star wars oh yeah Yeah. good answer that is a very good answer um do you think that aliens exist no (laughs) no is it a you don't want it to uh to know that they exist or is it more of a let's just say Uh, no deep with this ed i i don't think they exist because of of the complexity of of not just human life but of any type of life Mm -hmm. the vastness of the universe of the fact that there are so many parameters, uh, so many things that have to come together 
in order for one of the simplest forms of life to exist. I don't think a lot of people really appreciate, you know, life exists on this planet because we're 90 million miles from the sun. If we were 100 million miles from the sun, the world would be much different. Or if we were if we were 10 million miles closer, life would be much different. There are just so many factors that go into, you know, the formation of, of life on the planet. Uh, everything that we see in the world, you know, you're talking about something that took billions of years to happen. And it took a lot of things to happen by, by chance. Also, we have just the right composition of hydrogen atoms, just the right composition of oxygen. Uh, the earth wasn't always a blue and green planet. The earth was once a, a fiery planet also. Mm -hmm. We're lucky that circumstances happened, that things changed that gave us the world that we have today. So the question that I have is, what are even the chances of there being another world that has parameters, you know, similar enough to Earth where they could even have, you know, life on other planets? There's just so much that for that to for that to occur. As you can see, I have given thought to this. Yeah, this you have. I ponder. I I, I definitely uh, think about the. I definitely think about things like this. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be a, a downer about it. But if I'm being realistic about it, there's just way too much to happen, you know, for life in, you know, similar to, to, to us, you know, I mean, not even just humans, bacteria, single celled organisms. I mean, those things are complex in their own right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, you want to talk about, you know, you could go on about, you know, hats and, and teams. I could go on about, you know, the universe and you know why there is or is not life on <laughs> i like it hey listen everybody like we were talking about it the beauty of everything that we do here is everybody has their own opinion and sure. it's great and i and love I, that i would be happy to be wrong about that also ed so you know I, 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 hey i <laughs> one of us is eventually one of if somebody's going to be wrong or somebody's going to be right just how that's just how yeah. that goes right all go. right uh last question here Okay, uh, tell me what the perfect Sunday looks like for you. Oh, the perfect Sunday. Uh, wake up early. Uh, the weather is bright, sunny. It's cool. Uh, my daughters aren't fighting. <laughs> you know, happy. She's, she's in a good mood. Everybody's keeping her satisfied. And uh, we go out and we do something of a leisure nature. Preferably something where maybe we go for a long drive, like a little road trip in the state, maybe find a good hiking trail, a good lake to walk around on a crisp, uh, on a crisp day. That, that's, that's a perfect Sunday for me. That is a good yeah. Sunday, my friend. I like <laughs> it. I like it. All right. Um, before we go, uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, hashtag NYY cap of the day. And my handle is at musician DMD. It's spelled M-U-Z-I-X-N-D-M-D. -D. Yep. And for anybody who's on Instagram, I don't know if you do Instagram, but I'm at United by Caps. I think oh. uh, that name says it all. It's, it's in honor of the, the global nation of all of us cap collectors. I love it. I will be make sure to follow. I didn't know you were on Instagram, so I will be following. I love it. Thanks. 
Uh, thank you again for coming on. I, this was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, this was great. A lot, lot of cool stories. And um, yeah, I can't say enough how much this was. This was so much fun. I really did enjoy it, my friend. Yeah, me too. And thank you for having me. I, it's, it's an honor to be included with such esteemed guests that you've had. Hey, you're one. Of, you're up there, my friend. So you're up there. It. All right, my friend. Take care. All right, you have a good night. Thank you very much. Take it easy. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Spencer. Good dude. So make sure you guys are following him on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to be putting the information on the show notes for the podcast. So you guys can go ahead and find it there. Before I go, guys, you guys already know. Make sure you guys are giving this uh, podcast a good rating. So that way it moves up on the rankings. As well as make sure you guys are telling one more person. So that way hey, they know they, they can come and enjoy the, uh, the episode just like you guys. Okay. Until then, keep on grinding, guys. And always make sure to support the minor league. See ya. This podcast is part of the Curved Brand Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brand Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick. And Corey. Of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.